Hello and welcome to the Jersey Football Chat. Um, as always, I am joined by Cass and today's guest, we have St. Clement's manager, Gary Tumulty. Um, How are you all doing? How, are we missing football? Of course, I think we all are. I think we're all desperate to get it back. So uh, I think we're not too far away now, hopefully. Good stuff. Yeah. Good, very cold this week. Um, glad I'm, well, I was out a bit of training, but glad we're not out all the time while it's freezing cold, but definitely looking forward to hearing some good news about getting started. You, you sound like you've softened up a bit since you've come down south, uh, Cass. <laughs> this is my media voice. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Um, Gary, tell us about your footballing background growing up. Um, have you always into sport and football in particular? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've always been into all sorts of sports um, as, as a junior and, and sort of growing up in Jersey. Um, my junior days, sort of football-wise, started at Tower, sort of, um, well, I'd say under-14 level. But uh, initially, actually, I did have a one-year stint very early on uh, when under-14s was a three-year age group. Uh, and I had a, a, a year stint at Jersey Wanderers uh, under Darren Noble. Uh, and then under 14s, I was at Tower, um, played with uh, a few good players there. Chrissy Andrews, I think, is uh, probably the most uh, well known out of that group that's still still around and about in the local football scene. Um, and on, there, on from now, I went on to uh, Trinity, um, played Trinity first team at the age of 15. Um, uh, again, made my debut against Portuguese with some, some good players, and uh, one of them being uh, Jay DeSantos' dad. So uh, Nelio was on the pitch on my debut, so that's quite pleasing. Um, I remember sort of firing in a, a 20 yard shot into the bottom corner and almost turned off to celebrate before uh, Paolo Campos put it around the post for a corner. So um, that was my early days. Um, I moved to Portuguese for a season and played under Kevin McCarthy. He was a really good coach. Um, and then obviously um, uh, went back to Trinity the following season, um, had an injury really early on in the season um, and then just struggled throughout the whole season, just picking up. Uh, I never really recovered from that initial injury, really. So. Um, so yeah, so pretty much um, been involved in in football for uh, all my life. Um, uh, love the game, so um, like to put something back into it, really. Yeah, sure. And was coaching something that you were interested in from a young age as well, or did that just come about? I think it came about because um, I had a number of injuries. Um, I sort of went off to the UK at eighteen to to live, and then came back um, just before sort of my twenty first birthday. Um, and then uh, my dad sort of got me involved with uh, St. Clements at the time. So um, I played a few years at St. Clements, uh, but I was only there about two or three years and I had my first ACL uh, rupture. Um, I went on to do um, three on my left knee, one on my right knee. <laughs> so um, I, I think it's every time I sort of had an injury, I, I, I was a pacey attacking minded centre forward. Um, uh, uh, playing off the last man, always, you know, always used my pace a lot uh, around the time uh, that I was playing. And obviously, each time I was getting injured, I was coming back into a position deeper and deeper on the pitch. And as soon as I got into a defensive fullback position, I realised, um, you know, at reserve C team standard, I thought to myself, well, where do I go from now after it? And I'm not big enough to be a goalkeeper. So uh, I just decided that uh, enough was enough. How, so, how, that was it. how tough were those injuries for you? Obviously, they're big injuries and long recoveries as well. Mentally, um, mentally really tough, to be honest. I think um, it takes a lot out of you, sort of nine, nine to 12 months recovery time uh, minimum. In fact, the, the very first one I did, it took me a while to diagnose it because it wasn't a complete rupture. So um, it took about a year or so um, of even playing um, before they realised. Uh, it's only actually, even for an MRI, they didn't pick it up. 
Um, it's when they did keyhole, they, they realised it was actually sort of not a total rupture. It was just damage beyond repair. And it, it, um, but like I said, the nine month recovery time is difficult, um, hard to hard to take to be honest. Um, but my dad at the time was running the reserve team. My brother was playing at the time, and and I just gave him a hand, sort of a bit of a kit man, and getting involved that way. Um, I'd done the uh, ended up doing a level one coaching badge, but I think um, after sort of my dad gave up uh, the sort of coaching side. Um, St Clemens was struggling for junior coaches at the time, and, and I thought uh, I thought I'd take on the uh, the reins of a of one of the teams uh, three or four games into the season. So um, that's how the journey started, probably about seven years ago now. And if you ran, if you worked, if you if you worked with different age groups, Gary, um, at St Clemens, then have you just kept? Did you did you work with one age group and keep them going, or have you mixed in with different age groups in your coaching? Uh, no, I think when, yeah, I think you'll probably realise as well, Cass, I think as you go through um, coaching through teams, you tend to see a, a lot of coaches would sort of progress with their teams a lot of the time. I think as as parents, they maybe not necessarily want their parents always involved in, you know, um, an area um, in the 16 to 18, started with the 16s, uh, moved on to the 18s and, and stayed there. I occasionally go down, to, um, I've done a lot of restructuring in the mini area at St. Clements this year, so I go and do a bit of mini coaching and, and things, quite enjoy it, it's good fun, but um yeah, it's uh, in, in terms of how I uh, how I apply myself uh, in a dressing room and things. Maybe the uh, younger areas of football probably uh, probably more suited to the, the older age yeah. It's interesting what you're saying there because I actually think it's very similar to you. I actually think that the minis coaching gives you a passion and love for the game again because you see how what it means to the smaller kids, and then slowly but surely you lose that mentality you get at senior football that win at all costs and no matter what but then when you go back into the minis it helps you with your the, how you communicate uh, and I found that, that if you can communicate with kids clearly then you've, you have you, you can do a similar type of thing with older players did you find that helped you in a little bit when you balance between the two yeah, I, I, yeah, I do think so. And to be honest, I, I can see this almost sort of resonating down at the moment, even with what James Scott's doing at um, with his JS juniors, because he's got a lot of ex-footballers back involved who are probably more used to the sort of senior game, but they're sort of with their kids. So it is definitely a change of mindset, um, uh, you know, uh, and it, it is one of those. I think one of my key um, key strengths for, for me generally as a person is probably my communication. So I think just being able to communicate amongst different age groups is for me has always been key and Communication is always good with players and, and, and things, and how you no. how you sort of translate what you're trying to do with them. So, so, yeah. so how, how long um, have you been the St Clement's first team manager? Is, it, is this your first season or second season? First season, first season. I could probably take you back to my first year of coaching. We, I, I took on an under sixteen team who played played four, lost four at the time, and on a, a minus twenty goal difference. Um, uh, and, but obviously, what we had at the time. Um, at the time we had that sort of environment, we, we, we had obviously a team which was struggling and um, and it weren't very well organised. I think what we had below that was a really talented group of footballers. Um, and what we started to find is as we get into under 16s, we start to leave the club to go to sort of the bigger club sort of side of things. So one of the things I wanted to achieve when I came into coaching was to, to you know, if we've got these kids coming from minis, let's get them to the first team. Let's sort of uh, really sort of get them in that, that area. Let's have um, a, a club that's suitable to sort of allow that process to work. Um, so I think the, the first season was a challenge. I think we, we, you know, the team was losing five, six, seven nil games, and by the end of the season, okay, uh, albeit division two, we made it to a cup final. The games were losing seven or eight nil. We're losing two one, three two, and things like that. So it's just to create an organisation around it, and I think it's just um, progressed from there. 
you know, and I, and I always, always adopt the, we've got to enjoy what we do mentality. And that's a coach. That's me. I have to enjoy it. And the players have to enjoy it. That doesn't mean they don't work hard for it. <laughs> they have to do that too. But, um, but for me, it's all about enjoying football. No, it's really good. And I think um, is it, you've got a great little, you've got a great mix this year. I think it is. You have to be patient when the young ones coming through. You know they're going to be excellent senior players, but you do need to give them that pathway to get through. But um, particularly St. Clements, this season, some of the younger ones have really stepped up. You know, Jack Lumsden, Rye has also stepped up and played uh, uh, Bulls football for you. How have you found... You know, you've just got them into your first team and then um, they're performing at such a standard, they're getting the call up there, which I think is really great news for them as individuals. But how do you, how do you cope with that as a new manager? Uh, yeah, I support that. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I think the players can only go so far probably in Jersey football. And if they're playing at a top standard at a young age, how far can they develop? And one of the things we have to kind of keep an eye on with players generally across the board is the trajectory of how they're improving and how quickly. Um you know, and I think, you know, uh, Jay, uh, Jack and Rye are, are clearly the standout players and, you know, yeah. and we will support the development and that's the balls and, and however far they go, you know, in terms of what they want to do footballing wise. But I think there are other players in there that we are bringing through too, which, you know, um, you know there's a, a, a right back I've got at the moment called Michael DeFaros, pretty unknown in Jersey football. But four years ago, he was playing in Ali Santos's team and he was a substitute, little kid with glasses on and, you know, came off the bench and, and things like that. He's he's um, he's been playing sort of fifty percent first team, fifty percent reserves last season. This season, he's played every first team game. Um, you know, he's not in the jersey team yet, but um, you know, but it's those sort of players. His trajectory of what he's doing and the, you know the the ability that he's had to sort of do more on the pitch has been so quick that it's actually yeah. how far can that go? You know, you just don't know. And you've got to allow that development to continue as much as you can. It's a really good point, and something that Dan and I have picked up with other managers about the the benefits of going through the stages and certainly reserve football this year has is, 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 is got so many young players in it than it's ever had before. They're actually starting to enjoy the footy. So they're seeing that that stepping stone into senior football, getting kicked around and pushed around and learning that art of the game. Missing that and jumping straight into first team and not getting 20 minutes on the bench. We need to educate people that you're better with 70 minutes in reserves, 90 minutes in reserves for four or five months, and then you're ready for senior football and you hold your place in the team from the start. And that is, do you find that message yeah. difficult to get across with your guys, or are they quite well receiving that? <laughs> it's, it's a difficult one because I came into the, obviously the team of, with a diff difficult position at the start of the season, taking over quite late to come in to, to take on the first team, and a number of players had sort of left at the time. So for me, it was a case of I knew what I had in terms of the, the junior players um, coming through. I knew what I had in terms of seniors too. So um, for me, um, yeah, you're right. But I think some of those players um, I've given first team experience to this year that perhaps won't be first team players forever. Um, but at the end of the day, they're doing well at what they do. They're performing yeah. well on the training ground. Um, they apply themselves well and they talk well. They talk well off the pitch, you know, and, and that was yeah, the environment. They seem to be a really good group. Just one more question just on this subject for me before Dan takes you through the next few things. But um, what's your view? How have you replaced Matt Rollins' goals? I mean, he was a 20-30 goal a season guy last few seasons. I know personally, and I know he doesn't like running much, but his goals, you can't, you can't um, take it away from Matt. You know, he, he knows where the goal is. 
But how have you how have you managed to plug that gap? Who stepped up up front for you and taking that one? <laughs> well, I think um, I think that's been an interesting one until uh, until the final few games before we suspended. I think we were, we were joint top goal scorers or the top goal scorers in the league. So um, we also conceded a few too. So I can't hide that fact too much. But um, uh, but as far as, as you know, we've we've we. You know, we 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 do create, and and I believe that with the pace and threat we've got in our attacking lineup, that you know, we're, you know, they're very young, but I think they can frighten a lot of teams and a lot of people out there. So, um, yeah, we're going to have to um, adapt our game style a little bit. We've done that against different teams, but I think you know when you've got Ryan Jay, I mean, at one point I think we scored twenty one goals, and I think you know I think Jay had eight eight goals and eight assists out of that twenty one. So, um, the stats stay a lot for for what where we create our chances. Yeah, how's Crucial coming on? Is he coming through well? Sorry, uh, Dan, but I just um, just because I know that he's one that I've looked at in terms of pace and he can finish at his own age group. But the step up to senior football, we're hoping he can um, start scoring the goals and being a threat in senior games as well. Yeah, I think I think so. He did it early on in the season. He was he was on fire in the first three or four games. And I think it petered off for him a little bit um, uh, towards the sort of second half of that first half of the season. Um, you know, he's put on a, he goes to the gym a little bit now, Kushel. So he's sort of filling out the sort of top side of him. Um, I also employ him now here at, uh, my, at the company I work for. So um, got to be careful. I don't want to demotivate him on a work environment because I won't get any tea or coffee made for me for a while. But uh, but no, I think. Um, in, in terms of, of Kushal, he's he's got more pace. He's uh, he's a good finisher. I mean, he's, he's a lot of a lot of things. Um, a lot of times with strikers, they'll tend to you know want to want to smash the net in half when they're finishing. But with Kushal, it's more about placing, um, and his pace will take him away from people. Um, I think we need to work on his work rate off the ball a little bit, and he knows that. So, um, but I think we've got individual things where we we, we speak to players about their improvement and where they can improve. So, um, it's a well known between us. He is a good talent, and how much does it help? You've obviously had the likes of Conor O'Shea, uh, Brophy around, and now you've got Carl Hines in as well. How much will these players help those youngsters that we've talked about coming through the ranks? Well, it's, it's one thing that's really, really important to me um, in the development of the young group we have is having the right personalities around. And I don't want to bring in players that don't have the right um, ethos, the right mentality. And, and, you know, it's something I spoke to Carl about before he sort of joined up with us, uh, you know, what I want to achieve as a, a as a manager of, of this team and where we want to take it to. And, this, you know, he has to be supportive of that junior development. And and to his credit, he's been fantastic. On a training pitch, um, Carl drives every percent extra out of a junior player that he can. And he's doing it in the right way as well. So, um, Connor, I don't really see, speak too much about. He's He leads by example on and off the pitch. Um, he trains hard. He works hard. Um, you, you know, um, he, he, you don't hear a lot of Connor when, when he's captain if you're standing back from the pitch. But I think if you're on a pitch, you hear him. Um, he's one of those types of players. Um, you know, we are generally probably seen as a bit more of a quieter team. But all the senior players, you know, like he's always pointing out, Brophy, Ollie, um, some of these guys, um, Tosti. I mean, they're really great with these young kids. And, and that's important yeah. to me that, that they are. So. You're creating a good, creating a good social thing there as well, which definitely helps with amateur football to have that social side yeah. sorted out. Yeah, very true. We're not as noisy as our noisy neighbours up in Grooville. I mean, they, they publicise it quite a lot and they're doing a really good thing too up there. But um, we do it. We do it quietly. And, um, you know, I think that's something I've always tend to have done, Cass, in footballers. I've done quite a lot in the last six or seven years, but I don't. I keep it quite quiet sometimes. I don't sort of generally go out too much to, to talk too much about what we're doing. That's probably a downside of, of it sometimes. But, yeah. um, oh, well, no, uh, what, do you think, what do you think, Dan? Uh, we maybe call Clarence Danny's, uh, Gary's bar or, yeah, or, yeah. or Jerry's bar. 
Could well be going to Jerry's bar this right? <laughs> yeah, yeah Sorry, so, so, something like that. Maybe you'll start uh, challenging your noisy neighbours. Um, but they'll do <laughs> well. They'll do very well as well, aren't they? They've um, built a good little team, so it's great to see that all the clubs are really yeah. pushing, and the levels good across the league. We've, we've recognised that a few times. It's just just as we were getting up to speed with a great um, sort of season. Um, and a lot to look forward to. We've had this other breakdown, which is a real shame. But how how are you finding? Um, how have you found the season uh, realistically in the league? Where do you think you'll end up? And have you got a good cup run in you? You think before the end of the season? If um, hopefully I'm talking that we are going to be back playing in March sometime, and let, let's be positive about it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we've, we've perhaps got a good cup run. Um, I, I think we, you know, I think in terms of how the season's gone for us, it's been a learning curve for all of us. I think for me in particular, um, you know, I think just the way I approach things um, with the players, uh, it's been a challenge. Um, I'm not going to deny the right part. One thing I would say as well, we've, I think we've played, I'd like to say we've, I think we've played every team at their absolute strongest, which is good. And I really want that for our young players. Um, you know, when we've played teams that have had the Bulls players back and the top teams like that. And it's something that as a learning season for us, that, 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 um, that is, you know, that's a good experience for them. It's a good experience for all of us. So that's been good. So. How, how have you found that as well with obviously Ryan, Jay have been part of it and Jack. How have you found that as a manager juggling it and, allowing them to go. I know we touched on it earlier, but is it hard to change your team around? How much of an impact does that have on the team? It, it is. It is and it isn't. I mean, I think, you know, we, I've, I've, I've had a good um, good relationship with Ian Horswell at the Bulls and I've had some good conversations with Gary Freeman and they've been pretty open with us and we've been open with them and said, look, um, there's a mutual understanding that, you know, if they don't need to take certain players on certain games then they won't they won't sort of strip our team back and, and things. So we've, we've had those communications. We went through a time where we had an abundance of strikers. So we said, look, you know, Rye's probably best suited for the next couple of games if that's helpful. You know, we have other players came back from injury and things. So we said, look, you know, maybe then, you know, then we allowed Jay and Jack to go as well so uh, it's a two-way thing and I think it has to be like that and it's, it's worked well so um, you know I think I think it's pretty apparent when you look at the amount of players I've used this season uh, we've had a number of injuries we've had the, the sort of few balls players but I think we've used nearly 30 players in the first team this season I think I've used every player from our under 18 team pretty much as well uh, in fact St Peter's game I think we we, we eight of our starting 11 or 18 or under um, and we drew we drew 0-0 in that game um, that's good we, we had probably had about we had about 30% possession and probably should have won the game three or four nil in the end with uh, the, the counter-attacking chances we actually had. And our keeper don't remember him actually making a save. But um, and, and it goes back to the point, you know, three days later, three or four of those players had gone back to university. And, you know, um, and you look at, I looked at the team the following week and I thought it was a very, very different St. Peter's team. But then again, you come to the game we played them in the cup just before, um, you know, just before the break. And they had the Bulls players and they had the uni students back. And that team is capable of winning the league <laughs> or close to, you know. So it's a big change around in, in, in how um, football yeah, is working yeah. at the moment. Um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to complain about it because I want our players to play the best players. Definitely. How are you finding the way they'll develop? Sorry, how are you finding the league in general? Are you enjoying the competitiveness and the, how good are the vibes as well? Like the feeling around football in Jersey for you? Um, I think the feeling in football's <laughs> been going from strength to strength in the last sort of 12, 18 months. And, you know, um, streams like, for example, what you're doing are fantastic as well, just getting it out there. Uh, and that's just jumping off the back of all what all the clubs are doing themselves as well, which is also, you know, really, really positive. And uh, I think, it, you know, we've lost a number of teams over the years and you're starting to see additionals come back. So 
Um, so that's been good too. So it's definitely a positive for Jersey football all around. And I think the more we can get it out there, um, the better, because I think football's always had a bit of a, a poor stigma in the past um, with discipline and things. But I think we've definitely turned the corner on that side. Definitely, definitely. Um, finally, in terms of St. Clement's Football Club, um, what's next for them? Have you got any plans to do a Bob's Bar or any developments at the club? Or, yeah, we've got a lot on the go at the moment. Um, I can't say a huge amount about it, but we have applied to the um, fiscal stimulus fund with the government to improve our facilities. Um, I'm not going to deny the fact that I don't necessarily always think 3G pitches are the best in the island, but for where we are in, in our club, we're going to need one. Um, we're quite low-lying and we have a lot of flooding out in our area, so... It's very difficult. You only have to walk around the fields around us to actually realise the extent of how bad it is. Um, so we have put in a grant to Im improve the whole facility, um, uh, including clubhouse. Um, we are looking to put a balcony on the top uh, with additional meeting space, a 3G pitch, additional car parking, additional wow. entrance coming into our ground. So there's a lot going, going into it. Um, you know, whether we get the fiscal stimulus fund, uh, funding, I don't know, but we have the plan there now. We, talk, we now have charitable status, so we can now apply for charity funding and various different things. So uh, my job in during lockdown has been incredibly busy dealing with all of this. So I've got a 32-page business plan around it all now. So um, let's uh, bit by bit, we can do it in stages if we need to. Um, I'm meeting a couple of people to talk about potential people might be interested in funding it too. So it's a, it's a way off at the moment. It's a bit of a pipe dream for, for, for a lot of it, but um, a bit, you know, if any of it comes off, then it'll be it'll be incredibly good for us. Um, okay. we, we've all, we've already we're already talking about getting a deck area outside the club anyway, and, and things like that, just to sort of have a nice sort of bit of a thing at the side of the pitch. So, just just yeah. just on that, I just think it's it's absolutely. It's brilliant what you're saying there and if you think about the reality of where we're at we're an amateur group of footballers and amateur clubs you know all self-funded all self-servicing and everything that we do in a voluntary basis and then you're hearing about clubs thinking about development plans and 3g pitches and it's incredible what, what we can conjure up at local club level and the people that are working there you know a lot of clever smart people working behind the scenes that if we can get the package right, all the clubs could share a best practice thing with us and really look at how we can get all of us grounds up to a standard. You know, everyone should have a yeah. good changing room. Ideally, everyone would have a clubhouse and everyone would have a training facility that was able to support the, the club and the wider community as well because you're in a good position there. There's so many estates around there. The kids could come and use it as well, which yeah. would be brilliant for that St. Clement's community. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Cass. I mean, I think if you look at if you, if you look at the demographics of St. Clement's, and I've done quite a bit of work on this, so I know quite a lot that, um, you know, the, the population of St. Clement's um, is, is significantly high in comparison with its size and, and the area of the island. Um, yeah. uh, and I'm not going to bore you with the physical, the actual statistics of everything, but um, the, the area around there is, you know, quite substantial. And the social housing areas are there quite a lot as well. So, um, it does support that um, you know the area and the community could do with this facility, not just the club. So I know there's talk of La Rocchio as well, but um, you know, like you said, I mean, you know, we we've created in the last sort of ten or ten or fifteen years, from our mini section all the way to our senior section, an incredibly talented group of footballers. 
but they don't necessarily have a pitch to play on that suits their style of play necessarily. So it's, my ambition next is to move that forward. And it could be a better pitch. We're looking at drainage. If the 3D doesn't work, then how can we drain it better? How can we have a better pitch? So one way or another, we will, we'll, we will look to get a better surface for our players. That's great to hear that, that they're thinking the strategy as well as football and on the pitch stuff. It takes everything to run it well. And, you know, the, what we want to do as volunteer coaches and managers is provide an environment where players can enjoy, uh, where they can practice and get, you know, good conditions. And, you know, we're very lucky in Jersey. I've said it a few times now on these different podcasts around the facilities that we get to work on. You know, even now with the weather so bad, they're still playable areas to do your bubbles and nine there's just you can still go on and do stuff and we're very lucky at times and we've got great support from mm. the groundsmen and stuff definitely definitely and, and yeah. in, ter- in terms of St Clements and yourself Gary um, are you there for the foreseeable can't you can't see any other club St Clements through and through I joined St Clements 20 years ago at- I've, I've been there 20 years. I'm, you know, I think, you know, I did, um, I did do, I've done a, I did a bit of a stint just over a year on a JFA board and I really enjoyed that. Um, and I'd like to have continued more of it, but I think just um, how St. Clements was looking around um, this time last year, as we sort of approach the end of the season, um, they're really struggling in terms of, um, you know, personnel at the club. Um, and to be honest with you, I didn't really have a particular desire to take a first team at the time. I mean, I think, you know, I enjoyed the under 18 space I was working in and watching that transition from, junior to senior uh the senior side of it does give you um two trainings a week a lot more games a lot uh, it's, a, it's a, a higher commitment um and off the training off the football pitch i've already got a lot of commitment with my work and also with, with the club stuff i do off the side and the jfa stuff i was doing as well so something had to give on that and unfortunately it had to be the jfa side because i, I really started to sort of grip my teeth into something quite enjoyed it but I think you know what's the point in running a, a JFA if you don't have clubs as my was my view at the time and, and I think that it, a real big focus needs to go back into the club and uh, I think we turned a huge corner this year I think a lot of people early doors you know I, I'm not going to name names but there was one manager I walked past in a pre-season friendly who said we should be stuffing a slot 6-0 and I think we were, we were 4-0 up at half time uh, so um, I think already in the very first games of the season that uh, I think people knew and the style of football and the brand of football we're going to play is going to be, you know, um, conducive to the footballers we're developing. It's going to be, uh, I mean, you'll, you'll see it. I mean, uh, we've, we've, we've scored a lot of goals. We've conceded a lot of goals. So, um, you know, but we'll work on our defensive side, but, but we're not gonna, I don't want to stop our players from attacking and having fun. Uh, good, there's good noises coming out about the St. Clements and, um, you know, it's always a challenge. Always year on year, junior coaches getting renewed every year, making sure your facility, your, your minis are well resourced and you give them a brilliant little introduction to footy. And then you've managed to keep all those players in your first team from the junior section. And that's what every club should be aiming to do is create their own and sign one or two through whatever reasons. But you've got definitely built a brilliant foundation there and done a great job. This is normally a bit, Dan, that you jump in and say, do you want to be the island manager in the future or the Bills manager? But have you dropped that off? <laughs> I haven't dropped it. Yeah, I haven't dropped it. Where'd you go? <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think my perspective, I think even from a St. Clement's point of view, if someone came along that I was comfortable, was a better person for the job than what, what I am and was happy to take the team, I'd actually stand back and let them take the team. That's my, my philosophy with it. Um, I don't, you know, I, I, there's other things in the club I, I would happily move forward and take forward. Um, but for me, it's always been about getting the right person in. Um, it's got to be the right person. I think we, we perhaps didn't have that where we moved to in pre-season. 
Um, but I think, you know, I think uh, after talking to a number of players, I, you know, helped the club out in that situation. And I don't yeah. anticipate changing what I do for the next couple of years. Well, fair play. You got to, I think we'll use this opportunity then to see if there is anybody out there looking to work with a good football club at St. Yeah. Clements. If you've got ex-experience working in the game, you know, there's a lot of footballers coming back into football. There's a lot of good dads I see standing on the side that are more than capable of doing something. And it'd be great to have them on board and get involved and be part of a great little football team that's come developing there with some great youngsters and decent senior players. So the, the more we can get back into the game, and that's one of the big Absolutely. points of this setup with Dan as well, is to sort of encourage people that, you know, if you're outside of it, come back in and do something. There's so many roles that we all need to help each other with. And, you know, if we can get that common understanding about the support that's needed, then it can only help us. I agree. Totally. Good. Good. Well, there's your pitch. Answers in a postcard, send an email to Gary, to Multi, and um, tell him, give him your interest. Yeah. And together we'll take Cassidy's job as the first team uh, jersey manager in a couple of years. Crack on, mate. We need contingency. We need, need, uh, what do you call it? We need um, forward planning. In that yeah. position, but yeah. um, it's a good well, Jersey football is in a great space. The top 20 players in Jersey, probably you know, you can get a great, well, brilliant side out. You could get two top teams out in Jersey now with the talent that's out there, and um, yeah, I, I don't know the last time we were able to say that players, fingers, two and three players from every position. Fingers crossed the lads can get out soon. That's all I'm waiting for. Yeah, agreed, yeah. agreed. Absolutely. Absolutely. The sooner the better, but we just need to stay patient for the sh- next couple of f- or next few weeks and see if we can get the numbers down and everyone feels more comfortable. And then full steam ahead once we're allowed to start within the, the restrictions, but at least we can get started. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure how some of these lads are going to like ch- um, getting changed outside changing rooms. Though that's the uh, the only problem. The only uh, hurdle we might have to overcome because at the moment they won't be able to use the bar afterwards. Yeah, true. I've been using my uh, I've been using my camper van for the reserve games I'm helping with up at St Paul's, and I've been out of Kenny with my camper van and torches, and the lads are jumping in and getting changed. And there's I don't know. I mean, it's back to the I don't know even before my day. I don't ever remember doing these type of things, but nah. I think it makes people appreciate the game a bit more, and people sort of take you know they realise actually fair play. Yours are still coming. Helping and organising, they've realised we're doing the best we possibly can, and I think it's definitely joined joined players and managers a bit closer together, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure, and that's one thing that I'm always keen to. I mean, I I remember on your uh, your last uh, chat with the uh, the dressing room chat with the players. I think I think yeah. they said I was the biggest joker in the changing rooms. So uh, yeah. Um, they, they they also didn't tell you the words I used to them after they lost one 0 to Grooville. So um, <laughs> yeah. there's there's two sides to every 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 story. So but you I agree. Can tell I mean, us I on here and we'll edit it out. Yeah, well, it, it wasn't pleasant. I mean, I think we we we, we were bullied by a more physical team. So uh, and we let it happen. So it's uh, it was disappointing. But you know, but it's been interesting. I mean, I think we've had some really interesting games. 